All right, what is up, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer, blueandgold.com, with our esteemed... Yeah, esteemed. Does esteemed work for you, Tim? I like that. I like that. Sounds very professional. <laughs> the esteemed Tim Hyde, uh, former high school, junior college um, football coach. Where, where, where old you coach, Tim? Give us a little bit of your coaching background. For some people are like, who the hell is Tim Hyde? Oh, my God. A lot of high school, Southern California, head football coach for uh, many years at Palisades Charter High School in Pacific Palisades, uh, right outside Los Angeles. Took over a little program, turned them into, went and got some W's and uh, some big wins there. I could talk about those all night long. Uh, junior college, a bunch of uh, big time junior colleges all throughout Southern California. Uh, was part of a state championship team one year, which was awesome. And, uh, you know, coached a little bit of D2 football as well back here, back east. And uh, just enjoying life. A lot, you know, traveled around, been around a couple of Hall of Fame coaches at my level, uh, some outstanding coaches, coaches the winningest coach in junior college history for three years learned to learned a ton from that guy and uh he was awesome so your your biggest win um as a southern california football coach there at palisades you ever knock oh. off modern day or anything tim no but uh, uh i did coach at crespi as a defensive coordinator when you're at crespi high school where obviously Tucker's from i didn't coach yep. tucker but i coached uh marvell tell who played at scs in the pros and a handful of other guys that went division one our big year was uh, 2012. We beat Alamany. Alamany was loaded. They had three receivers. Stephen Mitchell went to SC. Uh, another wide receiver went to Colorado. One went to Washington State. They hadn't lost a league game in six years. We're number six in the state, and we beat them. So that's uh, that's one I remember. And as a head football coach, we had lost to Ven- uh, Venice Beach, Venice Beach, California. Everyone knows his muscle beach. They uh, Their quarterback – uh, I faced three Division One quarterbacks when I was there. One went to IU, one's currently at Duke, and one went to, I believe, Utah State, okay. I believe, if I remember right. But our biggest win, they had beaten the school I was, I was a head football coach at for 16 years in a row. In 2016, we in my fourth year, we beat them. And uh, that's one we still talk about to this day. I got a handful of players on that team still playing Division One football, so uh, it's pretty exciting. So there's yeah. a quick little two-minute memory lane. Nice. Yeah. I'll just I want to give your your uh credentials oh. to the folks real quick. You're you're Yeah, I got yeah, I got a huge bio. We'll sit there and have, we'll have a few beers one night and talk. Yeah, we'll uh yeah, whether that's uh on air or not. Uh yeah, exactly. we'll have a, a Tim Hyde uh backstory show. People would love it. All right. Hey, we got a super chat. I feel like it's been a while since we have one of these. Um so I I I don't even know on my screen where I can sound the alarms. People are like, "Mike, please don't sound the alarms." Um, I, me personally, I've told you, I love the alarm. The alarm, I'm very, I'm pro alarm. There we go. I it. made it quieter at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was too quiet when you quieted it. So, yeah. So it's not like <laughs> blaring in people's ears, but Truman definitely appreciate the super chat. Um, you guys, if you're live with us, hit the thumbs up. Uh, if you're watching back, hit the thumbs up, drop some questions. Um, we may or may not have time to get to questions at the end, but if you drop a super chat like Truman just did, uh, live with us. If you have a question, Truman, go ahead and, and drop in the comments. We will get to your questions right away. Is what I'm saying. If you drop a super chat, so um, ton of fun stuff to talk about today in in the show. Brian Kelly, Tim, and I have a lot to say on that. Um, and, and I want to add, we don't. I mean, we, we Tim and I text throughout the week, but we're not like, hey, uh, what are you going to say about this? So I can say something like, we we just we just kind of go off the cuff. So it's yeah. not prepared or rehearsed, uh, really the word I'm looking for. Um, obviously, we were prepared, but yeah, we don't we don't rehearse what we're going to say. We talk about Rocco Spindler. Tim Hyde is uh, uh, an offensive line guru, so Tim will uh, give us thoughts there. We'll talk about Dante more, and then uh, we'll get into another recruiting discussion. So Tim, Tim, what are you drinking before we really dive in the show? Well, number got? one, in honor of Coach Ogeron, who just visited, I went with two Tigers. So in honor of uh, Coach O's Go Tigers, I went with those. And uh, so I'm enjoying that tonight. Yeah, me too. My wife whipped up some concoction with the two Tigers. She told me, and I don't remember already, um, but it's fantastic. Appreciate the guys at Two Tigers. Uh, Michael, we, we, we really do appreciate you sending us some uh, some fantastic whiskey. You guys can find that all nationwide. Total Wine is, is, is the biggie. But yeah, Two Tigers, great stuff. Okay. Um, Let's get into best thing you've seen this week, Tim. Speaking of 
Cocho. Yeah. This is one where we do have the same. I, I I don't know how you can get any better for the best thing you saw this week. If you would have told me on Sunday, Tim, like, hey, Coach O is going to be at Notre Dame this week. I'd be like, what? <laughs> so uh, why is this the best thing you've seen this week? Well, number one, I I mean, I've been around Coach Ogeron for 20 years probably. You know, as far as recruiting goes, visiting him, clinics, I was lucky enough as a young coach, I know I've told you this, where, you know, a lot of Notre Dame fans may not like this, but I literally lived in USC's film room for probably a decade, and they had open policy. I was a defensive coordinator at a couple junior colleges in, in, uh, in Southern California and basically had free access. You know, Coach Carroll used to call me the Red Sox guy because I wore a Red Sox hat all the time. I don't know why, I just always used to wear a Red Sox hat, so... Coach Carroll used to call me the Red Sox guy all the time. And uh, I don't think he liked it because he got fired from New England. He used to tell me those little uh, little inside stories on a few things. But uh, I've been around Coach O. I've had a, been lucky enough to have a few uh, social cocktails with him in the past. And he is one of the most genuine dudes that you will ever meet. Seriously, I mean, what everything you see on him on YouTube, I mean, you can't – I mean, times it by 10, that's Coach O. So the fact he was there – Ashton Pollard, best of the week. I'm going to give a shout out to Ashton and her Twitter feed. She had a great picture of Coach O. He had the little fog in the back because it was early morning practice. And Coach O's a diehard D-line coach. He's an old school D-line coach. I've been in, you know, uh, our football office before where he's Xing and Oing us just how to do hand placement, hat in the hole for a couple hours. There's Ashton's pick right there. And when I saw that, it was just I got chills. I did. I've been around the man and. And he loves old school D line O line drills and seeing it right there, I was pumped up. So, and I like it. I know a few fans were a little interested, like, why is he there? And then it's like, people, he, you know, he almost got Marcus Freeman a year ago. Did people already forget that? He was, you know, six minutes away from being the LSU D coordinator, which means Brian Kelly would still be the head coach because Coach O would not have gotten fired with Marcus Freeman as the D coordinator. So, uh, count your, uh, you know, lucky stars that coach Freeman came to Notre Dame. That's interesting. I guess I never yeah. really thought about it. And it was guys, when Brian Kelly became LSU's defense or excuse me, head coach, he wanted to bring everyone with him. Like he wanted Tommy Reese very much wanted Marcus Freeman. So Freeman was up for, I don't know how much of this is public knowledge, but let's talk about it. LSU defensive coordinator. He was up for that job. Notre Dame head coach, obviously. Duke head coach. Yep. Ohio State defensive coordinator, right? Yes. Harry Coons yes. was out. He was in the mix for that job. Um, yeah. So he, I mean, he was a hot commodity. So that's why I always say, like, just never know. <laughs> like with coaching stuff, like, and you know, as a reporter, I don't ever insert myself into any stories i'm not going to give advice if people like i'll have recruits and parents ask me for advice i don't give it to them i tell them that is not my place and i would i tell them to you know i, I say hey here's who i think you should ask high school coach or you know whatever that may be but i just wish recruits would understand and they're starting to more and more because the coaching carousel is so crazy i wish they would understand that you don't commit to a, a, a um a school because of a coach. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jabran Payne, this 2022 running back, Tim, who's announcing on Friday between uh, Notre Dame and Kentucky. Um, he signed with Indiana. Big reason, Delay McCullough. Delay McCullough leaves. Doesn't really like Indiana after that. So it's it's, uh, it's just kind of one of those things where, you you know, you got to pick a place because of the place. Um, and, uh, you know, if you were to get hurt there on your first day of practice, do you want to be there for four years? You know, if you have a career-ending injury, is that where you want to be? It's old Coach Holt's line, I believe. Yeah, pitch, it is. Recruiting pitch. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a, Tim? No, no, I was going to say without a doubt. It's funny you say that because on Coach Holtz's, you know, Holtz Heroes Twitter page, he had Corey Miner. There's a picture of Corey Miner today. Corey Miner, for everyone who doesn't know, is four-year starter from uh, God. Corey, what was that? Ninety-five to it through uh, through the first two years of Bob Davy. Four-year starter, played in the NFL for many years. He's been a high school head football coach, Southern California. Great picture of Corey Miner, and the quote was from his mom, who just said literally what you said. Hey, son, you know, if you get hurt, you know, 
you always have this degree to fall back on. I can't buy you that. She, I think it was in the bookstore. She's like, I could buy you that coat, but I can't buy you this. Education. Hang on. Mike Singer is always on it. You yeah, know I saw that it. just a few hours ago and I was like, and uh, unbelievable. I just saw that because I saw Corey Miner back in the heyday. He's he's Bishop of Mont, Southern California, National Player of the Year. He was, uh, he was a great football player. So he's right, one of those quote. hidden linebackers people forget about. Here's the quote. We are standing there outside of Touchdown Jesus when my mom says, you see that over there? I can buy you a winter coat, but I can't buy you a Notre Dame education. I can't afford this. Take advantage of this full ride opportunity that Notre Dame is offering you. That's what Corey Miners, uh, Corey Miner recalled. So, yeah, that was a pretty neat, pretty neat quote. Yeah, yeah Coach Freeman should uh, have that plastered <laughs> on the hallway as they're walking into the Goog. Um but yeah, definitely best thing I saw was coach. You just never know in this industry what you're waking up to that day. No, um, and it was it was it was awesome. The interview he did, you know, the professionalism. And I thought the best the best of the week was the quote when he talked about Marcus Freeman. I mean, here's a guy who who basically Coach O, you know, is looking for a DC, offers him, you know, two million, let's say, SEC money, right? Whatever it is. I have no idea. I'm just throwing a number out. And he says, no, I'm going to stay in the Midwest. I'm going to go to Notre Dame, stay here in the Midwest with my wife and kids. And Coach O respects that enough. He's fired at LSU because he probably doesn't get Marcus Freeman. And he comes and hangs out with Marcus Freeman for a couple days and talks about that. That is That says so much about Coach Freeman. I, It's awesome. It's awesome. I think that's a great testament to, uh, to Coach. So I got to tease real quick, guys. Tomorrow evening – I'm going to do, uh, it's called a YouTube premiere where I play a video that's already been recorded, but um, we get to watch it live together um, for, you know, unless if you want, you can always watch it back just like these live shows. Uh, but that will be on the, I think maybe we'll do it around this time tomorrow, seven o'clock Eastern. Uh, and I interviewed Chris Zorich, one of Tim's yeah. favorites. Um, so it was supposed to be like a 10 minute interview and we were going to play it in the middle of this show. Like we did last week with Rick Meyer and, uh, it ended up being 45 minutes or so. (laughs) So uh, we just, Chris and I had a lot to talk about. We talked about loose emoji for the first few minutes. I'm not going to give away anything else that we discussed. Um, but I mean, it was, it was just fantastic. So we talked about why I'm bringing this up is because you're talking about Freeman, like Zorich Mm -hmm. near the end of the interview, just raved about Freeman. He, he, I mean, loves everything about him. And I, I said near the end of it, I was like, I don't know if Freeman could coach a lick. Like as a head coach, we'll see. Like we, I mean, we, we don't know. I mean, the Fiesta Bowl, you know, they, they, they lost, but I count that. Yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't count that. I mean, he had the job for what, four weeks before that, uh, that game. Um, but he's doing all the right things at Notre Dame. So I think there's a lot of things to be excited about. I mean, the alumni inclusion, it just seems like Mm -hmm. the recruiting Notre Dame's taking the next step as a program, which kind of leads us in Tim to our next discussion, um, about Brian Kelly, maybe our headliner topic. Um, you already shook your head there. So yeah, I need a drink. Hold on. Yeah. It was last Thursday. Right around the same time, interviews with Brian Kelly came out um, uh, from was it Ralph Russo uh, of the Associated Press and Dennis Dodd of CBS. I mean, it was like, all right, he's kind of doing the interview blitz here mm-hmm. with a couple of these national writers just to crap on Notre Dame, I guess. It was, it was just kind of weird. Um, so speaking of recruiting – I'm reading both of these articles here, uh, trying to skim and find the, 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 the quote, but you know, he basically said, you know, if I'm out recruiting, um, you know, I don't want to butcher the quote. Let, let me try to find it. But while I find it, Tim, your, your, your thoughts on, on what Kelly had to say to these guys, what, what, what stood out to you? Well, obviously, I mean, Brian Kelly's a smart man. Say what you will about him. He obviously has an agenda, and his agenda was to get two national, you know, college football writers at the same time releasing stories within moments of each other. So quite fascinating why that is. Is he trying to lay the foundation? He's already complaining they don't have enough scholarship players at LSU, but all he raves about is – Rip it on Notre Dame. That's what he's is doing. the facilities and why he's there. Because obviously, you know, a lot of people still want to know, you know, why would you leave Notre Dame? I mean, 
what is he, the first football coach ever to leave and go right to somewhere else immediately. So uh, it is a, it's still a topic that's out there. And yeah, he got in this whole Notre Dame. The, the one quote, there's a couple quotes. Number one is Kelly talked about, he went to LSU for the student athlete centered. I specifically wrote that down and I'm like, my, like I said, my wife went to Notre Dame. I have a, a cousin who worked on campus at Notre Dame for 20 plus years, just recently retired. And it's like student athlete centered. You're at Notre Dame, probably one of the premier student athlete centered universities in the world. So that that was fascinating. And this whole topic about food and a chef, uh, you know, I get it. If, hey, all you have to do, I mean, Google LSU's you know, football, uh, football, nutrition. It is a massive building. It is huge. It is all, it really is. It's awesome. And it's, it's unbelievable. And he got Notre Dame's nutritionist to come along with them. I get all that stuff, but it's like this, they kind of infer, you know what? We were missing a few ingredients. Why I didn't win a national title, I think is absolute. Well, all right. So, so yes. yeah. I, so I found the recruiting quote. I'm gone for six weeks at Notre Dame from L.A. to New Jersey to Texas to wherever. The latter ha- I, I, I've been covering Notre Dame recruiting. Uh, it'll, it'll be a year on May 1st. Excuse me, three years yes. on May 1st. So I don't have the entire tenure of Brian Kelly at Notre Dame to, to speak on. The latter half there of L.A. to Jersey to Texas, that's true. Absolutely true. But gone for six weeks – I don't even think there's a recruiting period on the road where you could be out for six weeks. No. I mean, I don't know. And he can only go to one place once during one period. The head coach can only go there once. So from the December. Well, let's just take Thanksgiving. It's, well, let's take Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's, right. that, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm yeah, going. So that post Stanford trip, when they play Stanford on the road, um, he would typically stay out on the West Coast afterwards. Play golf, right? That was always his yep. number one thing. You'd play golf right afterwards. The and first then thing Tommy Reese talked about. Yeah. yeah. After that, the game this they year. Would do. That's what yep. they would do. And um, so that's, you know, the, the last couple days of November. And then oh, Monday through Friday for a couple weeks, you're hitting the road. But then on signing day, you're back in South Bend and you have a dead period from mid-December to mid-January. Yep. So you're at home for a month. And then at the end of January, you're on the road for a couple weeks. But Kelly was not hitting the road as hard as Marcus Freeman. That dude is insane. Yeah. Marcus Freeman will hit four states in a day. Um, I mean, after his introductory press conference, you know, gets in the jet. Oh, poor Brian Kelly in the jet, by the way. Um, it, you know, but Freeman's heading to Wisconsin and then, you know, dead tired after one of the biggest yep. days of his career sitting at home with Tobias Merriweather. I mean, and I want to be clear before I move back to Tim, I, I'm a pretty half glass, glass half full kind of guy. This glass is definitely more than half full that I'm, that I'm sipping on right now. Um, I, I tend to see, well, maybe my wife wouldn't agree with this, but I tend to see like the good in people and like, I, I give people the benefit of the doubt. Again, my wife would disagree. So I always kind of like Brian Kelly and, and, you know, I was always fine with him. You know, I thought he did a really good job in Notre Dame, the stability, no, not a national championship, but I mean, how, how many other programs have it better than Notre Dame these past few years? Um, but I mean, the dude has completely lost me. I mean, his rip on Notre Dame tirades, Tim, um, I mean, just the, the Southern accent, the, the grinding on the recruits, just a lot of weird stuff. Um, so, well, in the Dennis Dodd article, he talks about Notre Dame's a little too buttoned up for him. He felt a little too, uh, trapped, which come on, give me, isn't a he the most buttoned up guy? I guess <laughs> when he's not, when he's not, dangerous oh, but just going back to the recruiting, just for everyone that knows out there, as soon as they play SC Stanford, you know, every other year, boom, you know, as you know, they go on the road, you go three weeks, but you're back every weekend because vis- there's always some visits on the weekends. Then the middle of December signing day, you're off for three weeks. Cause then the national convention the National Coaches Convention, which I've been to about a dozen of those, takes place right around the National Championship weekend. And then you have your coaches convention. Then you have, what, two or three more weeks until the next signing day, and all those coaches are back every single weekend. And then the old, I call it the Pete Carroll, you know, uh, 
Charlie Weiss rule, which was back in the Weiss era and Pete Carroll, they used to go on the road. I'll pull up some old blue and golds and send them to you where Lou Samoji used to track Charlie Weiss. There was a couple of years he was literally on the road for like 25 out of 30 days because in the in the May recruiting period, the head coaches could be on the road. Paterno hated it so much. And Bobby Bowden, the two old guys, they got rid of that rule. So now that's why you don't have the head coaches. So this six weeks is absolutely fascinating. And real quick, everyone could go on YouTube and uh, watch uh, the uh, Dennis Dodd does an interview with Brian Kelly about five minutes. And at the 410 mark, I saved it for everybody. Go right to the 410 mark. And Brian Kelly talks about at LSU, they're going to be recruiting 24-7, 365. That's the, that's the recruiting that's going to be going on at LSU. See, the thing and is – For everyone watching and everyone going to be watching over the next few days and listening to this on podcast, you kind of know that's a little falsism right yeah. there. Yeah. So my thoughts on this, um, before I'm going to move into the kind of the um, the facilities talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, look, I, I I like to think I'm decently well sourced, so I talk. So sometimes I'll have my opinions, and then I'll run it by some some well sourced fo- or excuse me, folks that you know who are my sources and get get their mm-hmm. thoughts on it. So I'm like, you know, Brian Kelly saying, you know, we're gonna recruit all this hard, like, you know, it, it it's leadership starts at the top when Brian Kelly is not recruiting his butt off. Some of his assistants who aren't self-motivated, who, you know, want to do a really good job and, you know, get a coordinator position and, and you know, make a name for themselves as a recruiter. Like some of those guys who aren't doing that are going to slack off and just not recruit very hard. Um, so Rook. if he's at, no, hold, hold on, hold on. A if he's at LSU now and he's doing the same thing, like good luck. I mean, you're going to yell at your assistants like, hey, you guys need to recruit your butt off, but you're not going to. I mean, that's not going to play well. And then when you look at the Notre Dame side of things, I mean, Marcus Freeman saying, I'm going to be the lead recruiter for every guy when Brian Kelly, when he was recruiting, I mean, there's, there's sometimes you, the kid would commit not often, but there'd be kids who commit to Notre Dame and maybe never even talk to Brian Kelly or it was the commitment call where, where that was their first talk. So, I mean, it's just like, you know, come on, Marcus Freeman, lead recruiter for all these guys, and he he's holding up his end of that bargain, um, and his staff is working their tails off. There's an article you did a year ago on a Pot of Gold Day, and you wrote, you know, you listed all the Pot of Gold guys, and at the bottom of the article you wrote was you had Brian Kelly's itinerary, and everyone could go out and Google and check it out, and there's only, I think, seven or eight guys that he was making phone calls to that day. And not all seven and eight were pot of gold guys. Some had already had commits, I mean, excuse me, offers. So I, that just always sticks to me that, you know, after, after reading that on pot of gold, trying to compare last year to this year, and Brian Kelly's like, okay, I'll call a couple kids, that's it. Where it seems like this year's staff pretty much probably contacted the 70 offers that were out there. So, uh, it, you know, you get a little bit of difference right there. Brian Kelly, quote, I had no idea I was speaking with a Southern accent. Um <laughs> Yeah. 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 All right. Real quick. La- last thing. And, and then we'll move on from Brian Kelly. I'm sure folks are tired of hearing from, about Brian Kelly. Uh, quote, Kelly said, did you walk into the Goog? There is no training table. We bring food in from the cafeteria. You get a sack lunch, a box lunch. That building had been built not to serve those areas. That wasn't the vision the university had. I don't have a problem with that. 
they had built that building to meet and locker and that's it we had outgrown that i had asked for that to be addressed in 2016 and we were at 2022 so yeah we can crap on brian kelly and pick it apart but tim does he bring up fair points i mean i'm actually it's interesting Dante Moore spoke with uh, several media members. We'll talk more about the five-star quarterback in a little bit here. Um, Dante Moore and Moore's comments were before this Ke- these Kelly interviews, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, they were. Or right, or right around the same time, at least. Yeah. And um, Moore said that F- Freeman talked to him on his ex- – okay, this is what it was. The interview was after the comments, but the visit that Dante took was before the Kelly comments. And when asked about his conversations with Freeman on his March 28th visit, Dante Moore talked about facilities and, and Coach Freeman, you know, talked about how they were going to get better and stuff. So Freeman's working on this too. So it's not like Kelly's just pulling this out of his butt. Um, so it's something that needs to get better, Tim. Yes. I mean, I'll say yes because, I mean, it's been talked about for a few years, the, the renovations, the new Goog, all these things. Dr. You know, Jack Swarbuck has talked about it a handful of times. So it has been on the agenda, just hasn't gotten done. And I don't know, you know, I, you know, I've been a lifelong Notre Dame fan forever. I don't think Notre Dame should be waiting for things. They could get things done. They could go build a restaurant attached to the Goog if they want things of that nature. So it's like, go get it done. I get it. But at the same time, you know, I was in the Marines. I know cafeteria food. It's not like they're eating slop, sloppy Joes and, you know, mashed potatoes made with water. So let's get real here. They're getting real food. It's There's so much video content. Anyone could go watch Google and check things out. They're not eating box. Never seen, yeah. If they're getting a sack lunch, it's, it's right before they get on the, the bus. So when they get a sack lunch, when they beat SC every other year in LA, they get in and out in a bag. Is that okay? And Brian Kelly's standards? There, there's just so much, so much ridiculousness facilities Notre Dame has I was just there a few years ago they got facilities they're upgrading each and every all the time is it LSU wildness LSU has gone overboard so it is what it is but the, the excuse making where literally a guy doesn't get a proper milkshake that's costing him a game against Alabama I, I doubt it I highly doubt it all right we'll move along by the way in and out as the the box lunch it depends <laughs> It depends. Sometimes I have in and out. Fantastic. Oh, the man, that animal style better. just hits. Yeah. Otherwise, it can be disgusting. Sometimes it's not fresh. in and outs disgusting. So, okay. All right. We will uh, move into some uh, a bit of a different discussion here. Rocco Spindler, Tim, was uh, spotted with the ones um, this week at practice. Blue and gold. And, and the media was able to um, watch, watch the first few periods of practice on Tuesday. So we don't, I mean, look, we don't have a ton of other insight to offer because we didn't get to see the media get to get to see all of the practice, but still um, Rocco spotted with the ones over Andrew Kristoffic. And again, for all we know, Kristoffic could have taken every rep afterwards, but just, Thoughts on Rocco? I mean, he's one of these guys who Notre Dame fans are just always talking about. Why isn't Rocco Spindler in there? Why isn't Rocco Spindler? I'm like, I, I, I personally don't understand why the hoopla on Rocco Spindler. It was him last year and Jordan Johnson the year before. Like, if guys are ready, they'll play. Um, most of most of the time, and then you have a situation like Joe Walt where, you know, he didn't get yep. in. But it just feels like. Why are we pushing so hard for Rocco to play when we don't know if he can play? It's it's the it's the recruiting hype, you know. Yeah. It's uh, you know we're draft season, and it's like all these mock drafts, and we just finished March Madness. How many you know? How many you know? Uh, you know dr- uh, when people are doing their March Madness bracket, actually survive? Like none. Same with all these mock drafts. It's the same thing in recruiting, as you know. It's tough, and but. He was a top top fifty player, and every it's it this instant. This, everything is like if a guy doesn't play now, he's a bust. And it's like, can't guys develop? Can't guys grow a little bit? Can't guys get a little bit better? You know, there very few freshmen in the in the national circuit play. It's like Bryce Young won the Heisman. He played a couple snaps the year before. 
You know, CJ Stroud, the same thing at quarterback. There's so many of these things. And the rush to be like, well, Rocco's not in the ones. He was in the ones last year. People, all you had to do is read the comments from Coach Kelly last year. They just played everybody in, in the spring last year. It was a you know, circus ole amongst the old offensive line. It was musical chairs. It was crazyville what was going on. So guys are all over the place. But if he has literally supplanted him, we'll find out here a short heck, we'll find out in Columbus, Ohio, who the starters are. So, but if he has, then that's good because Harry he said that when he gave the media a week ago, he had a lot of positives to say about him. Talking about his physicality, he loves to hit, really, really active. So he's maturing, he's taking coaching. And if and if he beats out Kristovic, who's a senior. You know, that's that's awesome. It bodes well for the future. It's open competition. And and um, you know, that then that maybe Christophic that third guard, you know, because alt or not alt, excuse me. Sorry about that. Josh Lug has been, yeah, I don't want to say alt too much here. Josh Lug has been, you know, injured in the past. So there's always going to be a need for that next guard. So, but if it is Rocco, then good. He's a big, strong, physical football player. And um the rush, the rush to get people on. Sometimes you got to take a deep breath, and um, yeah, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I don't mean any Rocco slander. I mean, I I love him as no, a player, it. but it's just like I I don't know some, some guys. We just have to get on the field so soon just to see what they've got. All right, um, I forgot to get to um, Truman's super. He did end up asking a question with his super chat. And uh, he says, uh, how close are we to getting Charles Jagusaw, and what will that mean for Notre Dame? Tim, I'm guessing you're pretty familiar with, with his tape. Oh, yeah. oh, without a doubt. So I will discuss him as a, uh, a player here. Excuse me, I'll, I'll discuss him as a recruit, where things stand. And Tim, you can answer the second part of the question. Sure. Um, I mean... First, you see the the recruiting prediction machine percentage ninety seven percent. I mean, guys, look, everyone, people, we need to understand that this is just an algorithm. This is just like for fun, an idea of maybe where kids are at. Like, this is, should not be taken as gospel. Or if you know the kid commits to Iowa tomorrow, now it's like, oh, this thing is the most stupid thing I've ever seen. Like, we 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 just need to we just need to calm down and, and, and you know understand that what what these things are, and it, it's just. A data, a piece of data information for fans, like, and it's at ninety eight percent because three on three writers, including myself, have put in prediction for Notre Dame. So that that's a side note, but I mean, he took a visit to Notre Dame just this past weekend. It went well, um, for, from what I'm told. Um, he talked highly about it. That story's at blueandgold.com. Um, I still like Notre Dame to land him for what he wants in a school, and especially when I heard previously that Stanford was a big deal for him, um, you know, which maybe they still are, but um, that leads you to believe that, all right, academics is, is seriously a big deal for him. And, uh, you know, Notre Dame um, being a, a school pretty close to home has got a great shot. So I think Harry Heastan coming on board has given the Irish a, a shot in the arm to, um, you know, become an even bigger competitor for him. I mean, it's close to home. I, I like Notre Dame for Charles Jagusaw. Tim, what do, you, what do you see on his tape? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Big, strong, prototypical right tackle. That's the first thing I saw with him. I mean, that's. 6'6", 300, he's listed at. He's a big dude on film. Tall, athletic, real, real physical. Two-way player. Plays a lot of nose guard on his highlight film, which which shows you the endurance he has, which goes back to him being, you know, he, he just won the state championship in wrestling. So he's a physical, athletic young man who is, um, you know, I'm a big believer, you know, Notre Dame, because obviously, you know, my – my whole thing with him and Monroe Freeling and some of the other tackles they're doing is you got to start prepping for 2024 because of Alton Fisher. If they are three-year starters, does one leave? Can they, you know, those types of things. And Jagasaw is a 
big, big body who's athletic, not a not a guard, you know, looking guy. He looks like a guy who could literally play right tackle like next year. He's that type of build, long, physical. I, I love, you know, I love him. And, you know, your article, your interview you did with him, you know, he says, he says all the right things and, you know, he's not out there dropping a top five and hyping everyone up. He's an offensive lineman. Those rarely happen. But I think, you know, you read between some of the lines and things of that nature, what he's looking at is uh, Notre Dame's high on his list. And more importantly, Harry, he got hired. The first offensive lineman he went and saw was Charles. Yeah. The very first day he was on the road, he went and saw Charles. I, and I, I Charles mean, talked yeah. about that. P- part of that is, it's also the clo- one of the closest yeah. places to get exactly. to. Um, exactly. True. But he also went uh, down to the Carolinas and saw uh, a player we'll talk about uh, near the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we move on, Tim, On3 has rated as the number one. I love this feature by On3, the recruiting industry comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, On3 has him as the number one tackle in the country. Uh, 24-7, the number seven, ESPN six, and then Rivals 10. Um, so a lot of people are see this and they're surprised at the disparity. Um, thoughts on him as the number one offensive tackle in the country? Is he number one? I mean, it, I mean, we'll see when he goes through the you know the the summer camps and things of that nature. He's definitely a top five offensive tackle. I mean, I'm not one to sit here and say a guy's number one. He's he's up there. You know, I I think the rivals having him at ten. I've seen a lot of offensive tackle film, and obviously Notre Dame is offered. A lot of the elite, elite tackles. When it comes to straight strength and a guy that is a true, true right tackle, he's 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 got to be top three in the entire country. I truly believe that. He is is he a top ten national player? That's an interesting one, you know, when you look at that. But he is he's a top three offensive tackle. And I think Notre Dame's recruiting the elite of the elite this year. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Um I think we're into Dante Moore time, so never have enough, right? Of Dante. All right, yeah. The, every week, uh, you know, Tuesdays, I'll text Tim and Ashton. Ashton, by the way, um, still out with her voice. I mean, it, it's it's not as simple. Oh gosh, you guys, some of you piss me off on YouTube comments. It's like, can she just get her voice better? Yes, yes. It's been a month. We we understand. If it were just easy as drinking tea. She'd be fine, but it's not. She literally has, you know, uh, I'm not going to get into her business, but she's got an issue. Like it's, it, she's had to go to the doctor several times. So she's, she's figured we're working on it. So, but yes, Ashton, we will have her back when uh, her, her voice is back. Um, so I don't, I, why was I saying that Tim? Where did, where did this even come from? Oh, we were just getting ready to start talking about Dante and the, the fandom around Dante and, and whatnot right now. I, how, I don't know how I got on the, the, the topic of, of uh, ranting about Ashton. Um, but, uh, oh, yes. So Monday, Tuesday is when I'll text you two and ask about yep. what we want to talk about in the show. And uh, you always say Dante Moore. So what, what's on your mind? Maybe this is a new segment. What, what What's on the mind of Tim Hyde when it comes yeah. to Dante Moore this week? Exactly, exactly. The Dante Moore. Uh, oh, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. Me personally, I think it's exciting. It's probably nerve wracking for everyone because it's middle of April and everyone wants him to be committed, you know, three months ago. And, uh, you know, he's a five-star quarterback. You know, there's, as we start to talk about those quarterback dominoes that, you know, that great recruiting buzzword people start to look at, there's four out of the top six are, have gone. You know, it's it's Dante and Arch Manning and Arch Manning could sit back and, you know, and, and do whatever the heck he wants because he's a Manning, right? So you can't say nothing bad about Arch Manning. So Dante's in there, and here you go to your top six. So it's it's down to those two, and I think it's interesting because you know it it really feels like Marcus Freeman. We talked about this a month ago or a month plus when you gave your prediction on Dante. How this is the one Marcus Freeman wants. You know, he got his offer on St. Patty's Day on the pot of gold a year ago. Just him and Arch Manning were the only two quarterbacks that Notre Dame offered for months on top of months, as you know. And this is, you know, he's been the cream of the crop, the one they were, they're going after. And me personally, I hope he comes. I, 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 I like Coach Freeman's style. I like Coach Freeman's philosophy on this is in you're the guy we want. We're going to go after you and we're going to sit back and, and sit and, and hang out and wait for you. I think that's kind of what they're doing. We're going to recruit you each and every day. You know, we love you. This is the place for you. 
and they're going to keep pitching that message until he commits. So if it's not Dante Moore, let's just say if, I mean, the, the recruiting prediction machine says 89%. That's a very pro Notre Dame uh, percentage. Um, you know, if you're wondering where the algorithm gets its numbers, it's all, all sorts of stuff. I, mean, I can actually pull it up here. Um, it, it's recruiting insider predictions, which if you see on the screen, I put in a prediction almost two months ago now. Amount of visits, um, social sentiment. It's literally taking stuff like interactions with a certain school on social media. Like it's able to track a lot of cool stuff. Geographic data, coaching staff success, state and historical data. So it's like really an awesome uh, uh, kind of tool here. But yes, 89% is a little uh, bold for, for the Fighting Irish. But I like Notre Dame to uh, to, to end up landing them. Um I'm not moving off my pick. Don't plan on it. I talk to sources basically every day on Dante Moore and all that reporting is at blueandgold.com. If you're, if you're looking for that kind of stuff, um, dollar for a year, by the way, can't believe we are, uh, 40 minutes in the show and I haven't mentioned our dollar for a year deal. Uh, that's our introductory, uh, offer from moving from rivals two on three to get you to move over with us or to join us. If you've never been a part of one of these pay sites, dollar for a year um and then um you know after that 100 bucks but we we believe that uh that 100 dollars is is a, is a deal in itself but yeah so so don't say more i like notre dame to land them still do you know i think oregon and miami are the two other schools to watch out for i think michigan I, I mean, I wouldn't rule out Michigan just like I wouldn't rule out Florida for Keon Keeley. You just don't rule out the close-to-home option. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he's going to land in Michigan. I think it's Notre Dame. And then I could see Oregon or, or Miami, LSU somewhat. Um, but that's kind of the feeling on Dante Moore. But, man, I'm rambling now, Tim. I started no, this by asking, I was going to ask you a question was if not Dante Moore, yeah. Notre Dame doesn't really have a clear and obvious, well, the, the, here's who they go to. I mean, do you go to Avery Johnson? Do you try to, uh, Avery Johnson, a four-star quarterback from uh, Wichita, Kansas area, a fine player. Um, you know, do you go try to flip somebody? Do you um, go get someone under the radar that might blow up as a senior. Like what do you do, Tim? And, and kind of how do you feel about this all in approach here? Well, it goes back to the interview he did last week with all the media people after he made the elite 11, which, you know, he basically just came out and said, Hey, I'm taking my time. I want to take a bunch of officials and, uh, and enroll from there and take this thing into the summer and hopefully commit by, you know, the start of his senior senior year. So you're looking at middle of August you know, you know, type of look and whatnot. So, Hey, who do you get? That's going to be, that's going to be the interesting thing. Cause if it's all in on Dante and they, and they do not, and they do not get him, obviously the backup plan right now would be to go and get a, a committed quarterback and Notre Dame's done it before. You know, he had Brandon Wimbush, you know, Ian book was a Washington state commit, you know, so they have gone to Everett Golson obviously was a UNC commit. So they have gone out and gotten guys. Wimbush was a Penn State commit when they when they turned him. So Notre Dame has done that in the past. And, and so obviously they'll be active on some guys. But with Dante, is it if you don't get him, let's say he goes, you know, let's just say he goes to wherever, all right, and it, and you go from there. Well, Buckner's still got three years. Pine's still got a bunch of years. And Jelly's going to be a four-year then obviously it goes to next year and you've got to get one of those five stars next year that they're on big time. But uh, I, me personally, I like what Marcus Freeman's doing. I said it a month ago, like I said, put all your chips to the table and say, Dante, you're our guy. I'm with you. I, you know, the odds say the history says as Lewis emoji would talk about the history is, is not on ND side because six consecutive quarterbacks, Notre Dame has signed all committed before 4th of July. So the odds of that, him doing that is slim if he's going to take five visits now and then take his time and think about him. So that's going to be interesting. I think Freeman's going to get him. I think he knows how important he is and he's a workhorse. You talk to those guys more than anybody. He's, he's not going to let Dante Moore 
go anywhere other than South Bend. That's my that's my two dollar bet on this one. Two dollar bet that gets you two subscriptions for <laughs> your first year. Um, I, I feel like we had this discussion yeah. Yeah. about when you put in your prediction. When you put in your prediction, and oh, man, can you remind me what it was, Tim? Because I feel like you were on the. Oh, it was. Do you take Chris Vizina? Yeah, exactly. And I, was and I said the, yes. You have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Vizina committed to Clemson yesterday. Um, look, I, I think that situation has kind of worked itself out. I do think Vizina yeah. Vizina had to have known that they love me, but like I think Dante's are. They, it's a one a or, or you know one a one b kind of thing and he's b you know I, it was they love both but like they they i think he felt that a little bit whereas you know because he never came back real quick right mike he never came no. back for another visit Vizina no not this. after not Winter. after the december bull prep visit yep um whereas he knew that i, I was talking to uh chris uh the about this last summer he was like I'm the number two guy for a lot of schools behind Arch Manning. Like they haven't offered me because they're waiting to see what Arch Manning does. And Clemson ran out of that Arch Manning sweepstakes and early. And uh, they, they ended up offering Vizina and your boy Dabo. Um, you know, he's a, he, he's a darn good recruiter and Clemson. I mean, their quarterback recruiting Cade Klubnick to Chris Vizina. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm fine. Stick with this all in approach. Um, I'm fine with going all in on Dante Moore. If you don't get him, you know, you, you have superstar future Heisman winner, Steve Angeli. There you um, go. I'm smiling here, folks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I do love Steve Angeli, by the way. I'm the president of his, his fan club. Um, but, um, you know, you, you see maybe you get someone else. Do you take a transfer? For, you know, in, instead of a high school quarterback in 2023, if you don't get Dante – and then in 2024, I think you were looking good with uh, CJ Carr and Julian Sand. Uh, yeah. But uh, Carr will be tough to get. I mean, that last name. But I think you're looking really good for Julian Sand, the number 13 player in the 2024 class. Uh, but all in all, I mean, look, Notre Dame needs a damn truck at quarterback, Tim. Not a trailer. Well, and they're pushing well, their gonna... chips to the middle on Dante Moore. I feel like Notre Dame fans have some PTSD about the Will Shipley thing. But as I said, I mean, they didn't even go all in on Will Shipley. They offered Logan Diggs the next day. Like they obviously, and they were in contact with them for months before, but they're, they're, but for the sake of this discussion, like Will Shipley, they went all in and lost for That doesn't mean that that's always going to be a bad approach. So that's why I'm fine with this. And you need this player to win you a national championship, or at least that's how Notre Dame feels. I think you can win one with Steve Angeli. I'm kidding. Kind of. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I'm 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 fine with it. Exactly. Let the process play itself out. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be a first. Notre Dame has not had a quarterback take his time in a long, long time. I mean, last one, like, you know, I was talking with some guys on the message board the last few days about this. You know, the, the last quarterback, you know, basically to pick during the fall are the the quarterbacks that were committed somewhere else. Wimbush, Gunner Keel, they pulled away. Um, Everett Golson, they got in the fall. Ian Book is uh, was an August commit. So every other quarterback during the Kelly era was all that that from basically junior day to the fourth of July. So hey, it's a new position for Notre Dame to be in, but it's also I I truly believe is going to pay dividends. I just think there's just too much Marcus Freeman, too much of those guys being on him, and what Notre Dame is going to offer him and. I mean, and it's, you know, even though he hasn't committed, you know, Mike, you've interviewed him and whatnot. The dude lights up when he talks about, I just from reading the articles and seeing his interviews and that he lights up when he talks about Notre Dame, he knows yeah. what Notre Dame means to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a quick, couple quick, quick comments I want to get to, um, a question here. So Dante isn't going to announce at the end of this month now, buddy, you, you've been on the, the live chat for almost an hour here. Time is money. Um, your time is at least worth a dollar. So we, we, we've been covering the timeline and stuff. So go, go spend a dollar, go to sign up for blue and gold.com. And then this comment's interesting. I think Chris Vizina knows Dante is Irish. So he committed elsewhere. Uh, no, I mean, I, I was here in months ago, 
some folks out there thought that um, Vizina was landing or leaning towards Notre Dame. It was always going to be Clemson. Maybe not always going to be, but Clemson was was the favorite. Um, I, so the, the situation just worked. It just worked itself out. Um, so yeah, there was just too much. There was just too much Clemson history with his family, Birmingham. You know, I've mentioned the, you know my guy Dabo. It's like all those things. It, I mean, visit, I mean Notre Dame worked his tail off to get basically into his top two. I know he he had a final six, but we all know it was a Notre Dame. Notre Dame Clemson battle and they worked their tails off to get in there with them, but they probably saw the writing on the wall. I know everyone acts like Notre Dame dropped Vizina. Notre Dame was like, Hey, go to Clemson. Boom. We're going to go after Dante. That's kind of what it feels like in the last three weeks. Well, they, they didn't, I I mean, I think that they, they think it was a combination of, well, you're leaning towards Clemson. All right, fine. Like, yeah, you know, I, I still think that, you know, there there was a scenario where where Chris Vizina ends up the the quarterback of this class, even if they yeah. felt like they were in a good position for Dante Moore. Um, and even Moore, though, Rook, uh, I was going to say, and even though Dante did two days, I you know, I bet you, I bet you five bucks he's going to get back up to South Bend some somehow, some way, pretty soon on an unofficial. Before, just yeah, to, I think yeah, before, I, I, he'll, he'll be at Notre Dame again before he announces. I would assume. Yes. Morpheus says we shouldn't need Dante Moore to win a national championship. Who? who who, who's your? Okay. I mean, you, you need somebody to lead you, and um, is that Tyler Buckner? Maybe, maybe. It, it, yeah, it, I mean, my comment is if you don't if you don't need a five star quarterback, well, then your your defensive front seven better look like Georgia your and Alabama. Receivers better make you look good. I mean, yes. you better be able to throw a lot of tunnel screens, and those guys take it twenty five yards. Yes. Um. Yeah. So. I think that's about it on Dante, Tim. Unless you have any other thoughts. No, oh, we'll uh, we'll be we'll be back uh, next week in the world of Dante Moore. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure we'll have something new. Oh, to we'll talk be back, about. no doubt about it. Okay, all right. Um, as we do a lot of these weeks, guys, um, we'll discuss our cover three article at blueandgold.com, where we take a topic and. Uh, you know, kind of break it down. And, and this week was which confirmed spring game visitor is most important for Notre Dame. So uh, myself, Ashton Pollard and Tim Hyde gave our choices. Um, some really good offensive linemen you could have picked from Tim. And you went with Monroe Freeling, number five player uh, in the class, uh, excuse me, number five offensive tackle per the on three consensus. Tell us why you went with Freeling over guys like Sullivan Absher and uh, Charles Jagusaw. Well, number one, I've you know, you know this, and I've said this on the message board a hundred times, is Ab- Ab- Sullivan Absher's film I'll watch daily. His his film, his get off is awesome. That I mean, if you if if no one has watched his film, Google it. That dude gets after it. He is going to be if Harry Heastan could pull him out of a uh, you know the claws of Clemson then kudos because he is going to be a stud Notre Dame offensive lineman. I went with Monroe as I'm thinking, you know, I, I didn't go with any of the committed players. And w- with the uncommitted players coming, I started be- thinking, okay, who's a dude that could play in 2024? Who's a guy that is a sophomore, you know, where, you know, people don't freak out. He doesn't play as a freshman. And I thought offensive tackle, someone's got to replace Blake Fisher and Joe Alt, if they leave. Now, Notre Dame's never lost an offensive lineman, as we talked before early. But when you're a three-year starter, you got to prepare. you got to have contingencies. And, and in my take in last year's class, I really think only Emil Walker, uh, Walker, Wagner, Emil Wagner is going to be a true offensive tackle. I think the rest of those guys are going to be interior guys. And, and then it goes back to, is Tosh Baker still going to be around? Is he still going to be developing and wait his turn? Because he'll have a COVID year as well and a redshirt year. So he has some years. But if not, if a few things don't pan out, Harry Heastan, Marcus Freeman, and those guys need to land some elite offensive tackles. And I just think Monroe Freeling is the ultimate left tackle that they've offered. And and they're on his athleticism. He's tallest. I mean, he looks like he's as tall as Alt, isn't he? About 6'7". Yep. He, he looks like a massive dude who's going to gain a, a bunch of pounds. He's going to be one of those guys that's 6'7", 325 pounds, looking skinny, just his athleticism. So I like him, and I'm thinking more long-term for Marcus Freeman as 
you need this guy for 2024 and he's got to be high, high priority for Notre Dame. And he is, and uh, I believe it'll be visit number three. He visited a lot. Huge. A lot of these top targets, this is their, they're following a very similar pattern. You visited last summer, you visited for a game and you visit again in the spring. And then Notre Dame wants to bring you in June for visit number four, close the books, official visit and, and land them. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that, that's kind of the, the playbook we've seen. So, yeah. And, and Mike, was uh, Monroe was on campus in January, right? During uh, the little mini junior day they did. Was he, was he up there to meet Harry? Stand so by. this would be his, his second visit this year. So that's a positive. Stand by. Uh, yeah. no. You're thinking Absher. No. Oh, Absher. Absher was up. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Clemson, Notre Dame battle for Absher. Clemson, Notre Dame battle for Monroe Freeling. Um yeah, pretty pretty interesting stuff. So I went with for the most important spring game visitor. I went with Christian Gray. Interestingly enough, he's not coming to the spring game. <laughs> I learned that uh, about a half hour before we started recording um, the show here that he was actually on campus uh, today. <laughs> so there you go. Um, so Christian Gray moved up his visit by about ten days. So, um, yeah, I went with someone who, uh, yeah, maybe not visiting next. I don't think he will be because he moved up to visit. But um, but the reasoning of why Christian Gray is such an important visitor, it just feels like Tim outs. So, so Notre Dame has three defensive back commitments right now. Got a couple mm-hmm. safeties in Peyton Bowen and a Don Shuler and then Justin Rett, a cornerback. It just feels like outside of Shuler – it's very much up in the air what's going to happen here. Peyton Bowen, I feel like he's going to stick with Notre Dame, but man, he's visited I think Oklahoma twice since he committed to Notre Dame. Like he's visited Ole Miss, like taking other visits. Like I, you, you just don't know um, when when you follow those visits. And then Justin Rett's taking an official visit to Georgia this weekend. So it just feels like, man, if you can land a kid like Christian Gray, I've seen him in person three, two, three times, and Man, he's a he's a really good looking, instinctive, smart, fast. Ran four fours last summer at Ohio State and Notre Dame camps. Position of need. I mean, for this, you could go Keon Keeley. You can go any receiver that they have on campus. Got a couple big ones in Jane Greathouse and Rodney Gallagher. You can go for some offensive linemen. Um, but Keon Keeley, I think I said. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm 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 going Christian Gray. Oh, I love it because, you know, he's an un- uncommitted guy. I think that, you know, that's something to look into. And going back to my formula of thinking that sophomore year, and I think Christian Gray's the same thing. I, you know, I think he could come in and play right away as a freshman because his need is going to be more bigger than left tackle in 2023 because unless these, these Tuckers and Rileys and Barnes are really, really coming on, for Notre Dame to be guys this year and obviously just take over the reins in 2023. But Christian Gray, another guy, long, athletic. Everything you said is picture perfect on him. One heck of a, a DB corner who could be an early guy, a nickel guy, and be that full-time starter come 2024. I, I see. He's he's an outstanding. He, he's one of those must-gets, those top five, six, probably must-gets for Notre Dame in this class. He could play – he could play safety with his range and speed and tackling ability. Like he, he could play yeah, nickel day one field boundary. Really? And you saw him play. recently. I think you had some, didn't you see him recently? Yep. At, yeah, uh, one of those seven was, sevens. yeah. He was playing corner and then uh, about halfway through each game, they would move him to middle linebacker just so we could roam around. The, obviously middle linebacker and seven on seven is a lot different than real football, yeah. but he yeah. would just put him there to just roam around and, uh, He's got long arms too for a kid, you know, five eleven, six foot. So um, impressive player. So yes. that about does it for us, Tim. Unless uh, anything else on your mind before we wrap up? No, getting excited, getting excited for spring, uh, the spring game. Really getting excited just to hear about the alums and all those alums that are going to be there. I, I'm, I, that's going to be the you know the big thing for that. Obviously, tons of recruits, but I think this alumni reach outreach we talked last week. I know you're, I mean, heck, you've talked to Rick Meyer and Chris Zorch in the last week. So it sounds like it's real. And I think that is going to be one of the most, most important things that Coach Marcus Freeman's doing in this early stages of his, uh, of his tenure is bringing those guys back in the fold. 
Yeah, so Chris Zorge video, uh, 45-minute interview I had with him, it, it's not one to miss. That will come out on Thursday evening. So make sure to check that out, watch it live with us, um, or watch it back. Hit that thumbs up on this video if you're listening via podcast. We love you as well. Sorry you don't get to look at our pretty faces. Actually, you're welcome. Uh, but leave us a, a kind review if you like what you hear. Go to blueandgold.com, dollar for one year of premium access. Mike Singer, Tim Hyde, we will catch you guys next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.